In the last episode, we discussed the need to transform our Nefesh Abhamis rather than crushing it. And in fact, this transformation is actually what Tshuva is all about. But what about feeding the Nefesh Abhamis? What should we feed our animal? Welcome to another episode of En Yaakov Beyond the Story. In the last few lines of Maseches Barakama, the Gemara discusses what is the ethical rule when it comes to using or keeping leftover um, items or material when a craftsman does something, builds something, or works for somebody else. So the general rule is that there are certain places or certain industries that have a certain minag, they have a certain custom, meaning that this is the, the, the acceptable protocol. If you are um, building a bookshelf and using, you're using my wood, so then whatever planks that are left over, they come back to me because uh, that's the way I gave you the wood and, uh, and therefore whatever is not being used belongs to me. You know, I bought the paint and the painter came, I, paint, I paid him to paint. Obviously he came to my house and he's using my paint to paint my walls, so then when he's done, the leftover paint belongs to me. Those things are pretty obvious, but there are other things that are not that obvious. There are other situations in which really we say it depends on the industry or it depends on the place. In such a city, this is how we do it, or in such an industry, this is how we do things. Or certain things that there is no minakavua, there is no way of doing it that is set by the industry or by the city, so then it all depends on the person. Are you particular with keeping the leftover or not? So the Gemara then fin- gives, finishes with a few examples and it says, I'm going to read the last few lines, There are the people who chisel uh, rocks in order to make bricks or to make monuments. So whatever leftover pebbles that come out, the craftsman is, is allowed to keep it because really nobody cares for these pebbles. Or for these rocks. Mefazge ilonois, mefazge gefanim, mankifi higi, manchishes roim, vodri irokas. Now we're talking about in the agriculture field. Now, um, if one is pruning trees, or pruning vines, or hedges, or sometimes when you're hoeing uh, vegetables, basically meaning that when you see that there are vegetables that are growing too close to one another so you just pull one out to make room for the other vegetables to grow properly or when you have uh, things that are growing vegetables that are growing in between um, grains so so you you would just pull it out you know weeds and things like this so it also says depends in such a case depends if the owner is strict about it, is particular about it, he really wants to have these uh, half-grown carrots that you really pull them out just for the rest of the carrots to grow properly. He wants them. So if he wants them, if the balabais tells you, 
I want whatever you prune, whatever weed that you took out, whatever, all these things, whatever branches that you pruned off the tree, uh, whatever grapevines that you had to cut because they were growing too close to some things, that some branches that will damage them, I want them. So then you must, as the worker, give it to him. But if the balabais, if the owner is not particular about it, you then the worker could keep, could keep them. So here we have uh, two, two, we already covered two types of things. When it comes to the stone, it's acceptable in the industry. Everybody agrees. Whoever chisels the stone could keep them. When it comes to um, the fruits and vegetables and pruning the trees and so on, so then there is no real minag. Therefore, it depends on the owner of the field. He may or may not allow his worker to, to take them. And now... There is another uh, category of, of, of uh, another situation, which is depending on the place, not on the industry, uh, not on the balabais, but on the place. Normally, green stalks of wheat or barley, that they, they, everything else get green, uh, got, got golden, but there are a few stocks that actually didn't make it. Um, they, didn't, they didn't grow uh, at the same time or they were type of a wheat perhaps. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't dry out properly. You cannot use them for grain. You cannot use them for flour. So generally speaking, and by Mishum Gezel, nobody really cares about this, these things because they grow by themselves. They're with, they're unusable. Forget it. You could keep them. However, there are places, there are cities and places in which people are known to be particular about keeping those green stocks. They're just not going, going to fargin to the workers and say, no, whatever you pull out, you got to put it in that pile and it comes to me. So then, yesh mishum gezel. So this is the third uh, category of things, which is there is no real set rule in the industry, but the rule is set by the place. So then the Gemara concludes by saying, The city of Mechasia, which is Masa Mechasia, was the name of the city, is a place in which they were makpid, they were strict, they were particular about keeping those useless, perhaps, stocks. So this is how the Maseches Babakama ends. And it's a little strange. Uh, it seems as if we're saying something not nice about a whole city. We're saying all the people of, of uh, Masamechasia are people seem to be so stingy that they even, they're not going to let the worker get and keep little green stalks that, that are useless for them. By the way, Masamechasia was a very special uh, city in the east of Bavel. It was uh, an area of Bavel called Sura, and uh, that's a place that turned out to become a, a, a city that had actually a lot of agriculture, and the people who were working in the farms and the lands and the business and so on always made time to study Torah, and the Rashi Yeshivas, the two Yeshivas of, of Masmechasia was Ravina, and Ravashi. 
uh, those were the two people who composed the, the Gemara. They were the Rashi Shivas in Masmechasia. So you could imagine what kind of uh, city of Torah that it was. And yet, we're being told that the people over there, they were not very large. They were not very benevolent. They, they wouldn't let the workers take out these green stocks. So Rashi explains to us what the situation. Rashi says that, it is a place that has a lot of animals. So because they had a lot of animals, they needed to feed the animals a good fodder. And it turns out that these kshus and chazis are this kind of grain that didn't turn to be dry grain. And they are somewhere in between grain and grass. Imagine a grass that has all the nutrients of a grain. That's really, really good for the, for the cows. So that's why, because they have a lot of animals, they needed the good fodder. They needed good, good fodders for the animal. The Marsha explains that this is how we finish on a positive note. Because normally, you finish a Masechta always with something positive. Either it's Divre Musar. If it's not Divre Musar, it is some, something positive. And here, it finishes with a Kpeda being, being particular and strict. Um, it it's, has a negative connotation. So the Masha is saying that that's why Rashi finishes by saying, He finishes with the word Toiv. To say that it is good. So like this, you finish with something good. You finish. Could have said, They need fodder. No, he says they need good fodder. So according to the Pshat, we will later look at a more um, profound dimension of it. But according to the Pshat, that's why you have to finish with the Masechta with Toif. So like this, you don't end up with something negative. So thank you, the Marshal, for answering why Rashi is adding the toiv? But the question remains, why is the Gemara itself finishing with something that seems to be somewhat derogatory about a whole city, an important city? The Rebbe explains what is the kpeda of the people of, uh, of this city. The Alokha tells us that one is not allowed to eat before he fed his animals. Because the Pasuk tells us, we say in Shema, I will give grass fodder for you in your field for your animal. And only after that it says, and you will eat and be sedated. So it, it implies that before you have to serve before you eat, you have to make sure that you uh, feed your animals. Now, the people of, of uh, Masa Mechasia were actually very strict. They were very particular in observing the mitzvahs. That's, uh, the Kapdi. That's where the Kpeda was. They were makpit to perform the mitzvahs properly. And they would make sure that before eating, they would feed the animal. But if it is so important to feed the animal before you feed yourself, so then you want to give your animal 
good food, not just food. Of course, we must eat in order to sustain ourselves. We must eat even in order to serve Hashem. And yet there is this azhara that comes from the halacha, that you first have to feed your animal. Come the people of Masamechasia and they say, we're going to do it right. We're not just going to feed our animals before we eat. But we're going to give them these kshus vechazis, these green stalks of, of, of wheat and barley that didn't yet dry. Because that is the best food we could give to the animal. So then it comes out that actually the Gemara is not criticizing the people of Masamechasia. The Gemara is praising the people of Masamechasia. That they want to do the mitzvahs right. Now we're going to take it one dimension deeper. What does it mean? Feeding your animal. And because you need to feed your animal before you feed yourself, you have to feed it good food. Chassidus explains that the neshama did not come down to fix itself. The neshama, by the time it came down, it has gone through all the fixing it needs to fix. By the time before the neshama came down, it was with the avishter. Receiving great giluim. So then why did the neshama come down? Not to fix itself, but to fix our nefesh abahamis and chelko ba'ilam. Of course, we need to do mitzvahs. And that is how we are actually elevating our nefesh abahamis and our chelko ba'ilam. To use all of our koiches for Avedas Hashem. And for that, you need to feed your animal, you need to feed it the right food. Not what he wants, not what he enjoys, but what is right for it. When we're talking about Matamechasia, comes Rashi and says, It's a place that has a lot of animals. And what does that represent? That represents the Isgabrus of Nefesh Abahamis. When we are in Oilamaze and we are busy with Inyone Oilam, our Nefesh Abamis gets a certain, we have, we could say, a place of all of animals. And therefore, what do we need? We need to have good fodder. And yes, we are supposed to eat ourselves as well, not only feed our animal. The halachi is that only after you fed the animal, you could go and, and eat also. That means that of course you need to eat. Meaning, of course, that you have to tend to your nefesh which is the iker in your avayda. However, in order for you to be able to serve Hashem properly, you need to deal with your behemoth. You first need to transform and give good food transforming this animal. This actually is the Avedas Hachuva. As we mentioned earlier, last, in the last episode, that shechting the Yetzirah means acquiring your Yetzirah, elevating your Nefesh Abahamis, 
transforming it that it should actually become an Adam, become a partner in serving Hashem, a useful tool in Avodah Hashem. And how do you get that? Not by feeding him junk, but by feeding him mir etoiv, meaning by not indulging into every whims of the behemoth of the Nefesh Abahamis. Giving it what it needs. What it needs in order to sustain itself, miretoiv. But no indulging. This concept of tshuva and transformation is actually very tightly connected with that city in which this happened. The Zoyar tells us the origin of the city of Masamechasia. It says that in fact, Originally, it was called Kfar Tarsha, the village of, I guess it could be translated as poverty. And the Zoyar says that once Rabbi Acha went to Kfar Tarsha, and when he reached the city, he realized, he was made aware, that there was a pandemic. People were dying right and left in the, in the village. So he started to inquire what are the shortcomings of this village? And he found out that nobody learns Torah over there. So right away he took some Chachamim and he scouted them, he sent them to the four corners of the city. Four groups of Chachamim. And he told them, stay where you are, to, where you get at the corner of the city, at the edge of the city, in the four corners, and learn Torah. They started to learn Torah and the pandemic stopped. Then Rabbi Acha gathered everybody to the best Medrash and he spoke to them about the value of learning Torah and how this will actually protect them. That city was then completely transformed. And as I mentioned earlier in this class, in this uh, episode, that even the farmers, all the workers, craftsmen, Anybody in the city had set time to learn Torah. After that, the city flourished. It was no longer a village. It became a city. From Kfar Tarsha, the village of poverty, it became Masa Mechasya, the city that is cared for by Hashem. Mechasya could be broken into, into a different part of the name and translated into cared for by Hashem. So on the one hand, the first thing that, the first transformation that came because of the tshuva was that from a kfar it became a ir, a masa. From a village it became a city. What is the difference between a village and a city? There is an example of this brought in Chassidus to say that the people who live in the village, and that refers perhaps to people that are less versed into learning Torah and knowledgeable, villagers. They get a lot more excited when they see the king. You know, they tell a story that once there was a, a villager who wanted to see the king. So he comes to the big city and he asks, where is the king? And they showed him, point him to the palace. I guess appropriate with the current events. They point him to the palace and he goes to the palace and he sees the chief of the guards, there's a bunch of guards in uniform, and there is one that has a much nicer uniform 
Right away, he bound, bows down and he says, Your Majesty, I says, what are your Majesty? I'm just a guard. Majesty, the king is inside. He goes inside and he sees um, a general. He has medals and everything. So, your Majesty, he says, I'm just a general. He goes further inside and he sees a minister. And he's sure it's the king. Bows down to him, your majesty. And then the minister tells him, no, no, the king is in his chamber. By the time he walks in and he sees the king in all of his glory, he actually faints. And the people over there don't understand. The minister, the, village, the, the people in the city, the guards, everybody, they see the king every day. They, they, they didn't faint. So to the outsider, it would seem as if the villager is more excited about seeing the king, while the people who are living in the city are more perhaps indifferent because they see him so much. But that's not the fact. The fact is that the, the people of the city, they see the king all the time. Yes, they are accustomed to see him. And therefore, they do not have that kind of espilus, that kind of a emotional um, outburst by seeing the king, because they are able to sustain the gilui. So spiritually, the difference between a villager and a city dweller is that the villager is somewhat foreign and not accustomed to gilui lucrus. And when we're talking about a person of the city, is one who is more privileged to see this giluim and to sustain them, to be able to receive them and be benefit from them. So what happened over here through the Avaida of Tshuva is that the people of, of Masmechasia became city folks. And from being dwellers of a village called Tarsha, poverty, and we know Enani Labedas, that refers to knowledge, they became the dweller of the city of Mechasia, being cared for by Hashem. This total transformation is the reason why the Rambam says that one is not allowed to remind a person who've done tshuva about his past. Not allowed to, to remind them and to say, look, remember, you used to do this and that. Why? Because you're not talking about the same person. The person was doing all the things that you're mentioning, that's not me anymore. That was somebody else. Now, through tshuva, I became a new person, just like they became dwellers of a new city with a new name. Now we could understand why we call it Asra de Kapti, a place in which there were makpid in particular, because that is, Avedas HaTshuva requires a certain kind of strictness, being particular about what we are feeding our behemoth in order to transform the behemoth into Adam, to elevate it, we have to feed it mir et toiv, like Rashi says. Now, Dafke, when we have done that, this right, that that we feed our animal the right way, the right thing, then we get to the Chalta Vesavato, and from the Achalta Vesavato of this Pasuk, we go to the Achalta Vesavato, Uverachto es Hashem Elekecho, Alaresatoiva Hashem Asalach, that we bench 
Hashem. And then in, in, in turn, like the Gemara says, that he judges us favorably and he benches us to have a Shana Toiva Umesukah.